0: years ago back I think I think it was during the weird show days so this should be the first decade of the, of the 2000s into the second decade something like that I had a sort of working theory um not really an idle thought <laughs> which I I came back to a number of times and that had to do with the sort of the validity is not the right word but the the strength or power or um i guess the 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 realness of story the realness of fiction now i know that fiction isn't real in in a sort of literal sense that the fiction you know read a story the story is not necessarily a real universe i'm not suggesting that it is although there are interesting uh uh, ideas around the notion that if, if the universe truly is infinite and there's it's a possible story, then that story could exist in, in reality somewhere. But most stories have a, a sort of built-in um, set of rules which they operate under, which are artificial. Um, whether you talk about sort of the, the plot conventions, or you talk about the, the coincidences, which allow the story to move forward. Sometimes you, you deal with the sort of rounded off edges of how life happens because you need the story to happen. And if the story was too real, then it wouldn't. Actually, there's a word that comes to mind, which is one that I forget about frequently, but it is a very, very useful, powerful word, and that's verisimilitude. And the, the idea behind that word is that it is not that it is real, but that it gives you the impression that it is real. And in fact, sometimes it can be more real than real because reality doesn't make sense, but a story which presents verisimilitude might make sense, even though it really couldn't happen in reality. Why am I talking about all this? Well, a story is on my mind in so many ways right now. And I think that something I, I, I didn't fully appreciate, um, for most of my life is how important story is to me, how important, um, it is as both a structure of the universe, um, a space in which my mind operates, uh, a fascination, a, a thing which makes sense and right now i'm surrounded by stories um stories i'm creating stories that i'm i'm fostering stories that i'm i'm studying stories that i'm reading and absorbing all of these things are surrounding me and in many ways my job doesn't revolve around story but i need to figure out a way to make it revolve around story both from my own internal logic but also kind of for that, that structural element that story has, um, cause business, it's sometimes described as a story and There's also a lot of story in business, the story you tell about yourself, the, the motivations you have, the, the mission statements and all that stuff. Um, the five-year vision is a story you're telling yourself because you're trying to figure out what the plot would make sense and where the arrival point would be and how the plot can, can move towards that. The plot being the business uh, activity that you do and the people involved and all that. But I'll tell you how, how, how. Tonight in particular, the <laughs> story seems to surround me. Sorry if it sounded weird there. My computer screen had frozen, so I wasn't sure if it was recording. So in the course of this day, I have watched a stage play. Um, it was a, The Amherst Adventures of Anatole, a, an adaptation of a 1910 play by a Canadian playwright. The, not the original play was not by a Canadian playwright. The adaptation was Morris Penich, a Canadian playwright. It was good, uh, but on by uh, theater UNB. Um, I've seen, I think every production this, this season, sometimes it's hard to see all the productions and there have been other shows that I've, I've missed as much as I love theater, but there was that. I watched another one of the uh, Hallmarkian Christmas movies, this time, uh, Merry Mystery Christmas. Not a great one. Um, at the same time I was watching that, I was also taking notes as I do on all of the, um, the Hallmarkian movies that I, that I watch. My notes were somewhat fragmented as my attention also wavered because I was also, uh, trying to devise the story elements of the game I'm running. Um, I have my session of game tomorrow, which I am not as prepared as I would like for. Um, there's a lot of mechanical parts I'm not prepared for, the story parts I'm actually prepared for. I kind of know where the players are going. I know why they're going. I know what they're going to encounter when they get there. I just don't have a map. <laughs> and it's very important to to build a map um, for this particular group, group uh, playing online. They really need the visual aid. So, but I, I, I'm driven by story, and the story in that particular sense is also on three different levels, if not five different levels. And I'm not kidding when I say those numbers. It's easy to see. There's a level on which the PCs are operating. There's a level on which the people they're encountering are operating. There's a level on which the universe around them is, is operating. And there's a level on which the, the interaction between the other NPCs who are working on the removal of a god, how they're interacting with this story. So all of the stuff is there. And there's also backstory and there's, oh man. And it's just, it's a whirlwind. I've been writing notes and different things and I've got them on different pieces of paper and nothing is organized in the way I should have it. And holy crap. My week has been too busy because of other elements of story. I am also, uh, as I was thinking uh, of while I was at that play, uh, I talked to one of the actors because I'm trying to um, put together an audio drama, which I wrote last month, which needs to be desperately third edit, uh, which is going to be another story. <laughs> I'm also, uh, hoping to get back to editing the story I wrote in 2021 so that I can possibly use it as my dog days of Advent story. And this is just, it just feels like it's all around me constantly story, 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 story. This is also not including the audiobook I'm listening to right now, which is, um, It's actually not a story in a way, but it's full of stories. It's a, it's a nonfiction book about the fictions of Christmas, uh, looking in particular, pretty deep into, um, what's the right term? Um, Scandinavian, I guess is the right collective term for that part of the world. Although they, they have also talked about Celtic myths and, and so forth. So while it itself is not a narrative story, every element that the author is bringing in is its own little miniature, um, sort of narrative story about the creature or the people involved. And even then it's only just, um, a prototypical example, if you will, and a, and a few, a few, um, uh, elements that have cropped up in that story. And then there's the book I'm reading, um, Currently Corsair is one of the books that I'm reading, which I've kind of put down for a while and, and read a little bit recently. Uh, not to mention the book on my phone, which is Silo. Um, the first book of the Silo series, Wool, I'm reading through, uh, not to mention the, the little fiction podcast that I listen to and so forth. And so it's, it's everywhere I turn, I start to realize I'm looking at story and I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm very much overwhelmed. Um, I was, yeah, I was just kind of realizing, um, as I'm trying to do three things at once, as I was trying to create the monsters that I need, create the fiction that I need, take notes on this thing and yeah, um, watch this movie, but yeah, that's why my life is very busy. Um, but if in a way it's if I can centralize all of these elements, if that's what's happening here, if that's, if that's what I'm discovering that I can, I can find uh, the common threads of the way that story interacts with my life and r- repeatedly understand how those threats, uh, th- those threads, not threats, interesting slip there, how those threads interact and how I can shape them. Um, one of the things that happens to me is I would go to a lot of these plays and there's opportunities to meet the actors and the directors and everything afterwards. I don't like doing that. Um, I reach out to the directors and actors of a lot of these plays, especially the university level plays. Um, I'm not going to do that for a touring company necessarily unless it's coming through the, the local theater and kind of hosted by them for a while. But I like to interview them. I've, I've interviewed dozens at this point, probably. Quite a few more than that. I should really look at some point. Um, on in in the last few years, it's usually in the neighborhood of, of uh, what six to eight interviews at least with theater folks. And I don't know if it's the control, of the environment, or what. It that the, the story, if you will. If I think about things in terms of story, the story structure of how I work through that is is well known to me. I know my role to play there. I know what. I'm enticing them to try to interact with me in, the, in a certain way. Um, I know, I, I kind of have a script in my head about how my questions are going to go. Even though I don't write my questions down in advance and I don't necessarily deeply think through my questions in advance, but but I know the kinds of, of things that lead to good stories from them. Or I, I think I do. I could be delusional and they're all terrible. I don't know. I don't think so, but... Um, but when it comes to to off the cuff encounters, like meeting someone um, in the lobby after the play has gone on, I feel very self conscious. I feel very shy and nervous. I am a shy and nervous guy generally. I'm not particularly nervous, but I am definitely shy. And in 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 situations where that shyness comes out, the nervousness tends to follow. That is the script I see for myself. Now, when the when someone uh, approached me. I can kind of flip that a little bit for a little while, expend a little, my internal social energy and turn on the genial host or the, um, the interested patron kind of thing and, and get into that role. Um, and so I, I can kind of turn it on, but that's not the natural reaction for me. The reaction for me is just to get the heck out of there, walk, uh, for a while. Usually I'm now, situated closer to the university where these plays are being held. So it makes it, it's a a perfect walk for me. It's, it's slightly uphill, which means a little bit of effort. Um, and, but it's not that far away. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if there's, uh, the other part of it, I think is that, um, when I was talking about stories being real before, when I went, if I go back to that, that basis I was thinking about, part of what I was thinking there was, Um, It was along the lines of absurdist philosophy, which I have not read deeply in, but from my understanding of it, it essentially posits the, the, the axiom that the universe does not make any sense. There is no purpose. There is no meaning. There is no guiding force. And thus, it puts square in the center of importance of the universe in terms of meaning on what we add to the universe. So stars, all these powerful forces, black holes, all these things exist, everything all the way big and all the way small to nuclear forces and so forth. All those exist. There's no denial of reality. It's just that it's all a mechanical system. It has no particular meaning whatsoever. And then the the absurdist point of view from, again, my understanding of how I interpret it, maybe there's a better term for all of this, is that the universe is what we make it to be. What we inject in terms of of how we view the universe can sometimes even contradict natural laws. Not right really the right way. Scientific law, in particular, entropy is a is a is a massive problem in many ways for um, for uh, uh, for meaning. Entropy is the process by which everything eventually gets scrambled. It is the the eventual death of the universe, not by explosions, not by collapses, but just by mediocrity. <laughs> it is how the universe uh, devolves from a, a state of interestingness to uninterestingness. Um, we used to have entropy um, coming into information, t- um, what's the term, information uh, density or, or information encoding. And entropy was was the was the measure of 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 how much you needed to describe because you couldn't clump things together. They they didn't have any coherence with each other, essentially. So the the absolute entropy essentially is the complete randomness of the universe where there's nothing there that has any real connection. And of course, if that's a natural force which is continuously working what does it mean that we create meaning in the universe? Because that's an anti-entropic kind of thing. There was a, a video I watched recently about the marvelization of cinema and they used the term anti-entropic. And I just realized that that might've been what they meant um, by that, that they were injecting meaning as opposed to dissolving uh, things into incoherence. Yeah, that's not really the way they we're describing it, but we're probably not using the term the same way. But that, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the drive. That's the, the effort is that it matters so much that we inject meaning into the universe. And I'm attracted to the medium of story for doing that um, one way or another. Now, <laughs> that's not to say that I have achieved any measure of it whatsoever. Um, I, I consider everything that I've written to be the prelude to me doing something better later on. Uh, get my million words in, as the old saying goes. Um, but but it feels right to in, engage and indulge in all of that. It also takes a lot of effort, and I am super tired. It's beyond midnight. I almost didn't do this tonight, and I thought, wouldn't it be ironic if on the second day of getting back to this, I collapsed and crumbled <laughs> because I'm trying to do too many things at once. Yikes. In any case... I've been wondering out loud. I'm Mark the Encaffeinated One. Um, this is one of those rare cases, and this is the script, if you will, um, the, the plot line that, that I get into for these these shows. This is one of the ones that I like to to do is to actually see if I can come up with something interesting, something meaningful to say, something which describes the universe and helps me understand it a little bit more. Most of the time, I don't feel like I have this much coherence. Maybe it's because I'm in the middle of six other things I meant to finish. Uh, maybe it's because I just happened to ring the bell the right way in my head. I don't know. In any case, I cannot promise neither coherence nor success. I have officially signed up um, for the Dog Days of Advent go to dog as always. And you can find a link there. If you have already subscribed to the dog days of podcasting feed in the past, it just magically becomes the dog days of Advent feeding feed now. Um, so you haven't missed anything, but most people aren't really gearing up to participate too strongly just yet. Uh, I believe in fact there's only one episode, which is a mega episode from one of the dog days of podcasting participants. Um, I intend to do something with that feed. Um, So you will hear most likely episodes here, uh, about Advent, uh, about the 12 days before Christmas is what I've typically done. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be able to do. Um, as I can tell you, all these story things are busy after tomorrow, I will no longer have game for two weeks to think about. I might even take a break over the holidays I will be focusing, I still have some work to be done, but I will be focusing a, a fair amount of my effort on trying to, well, finish the audio drama. That's very key because the time is really short on that one and then turn my attention to that story. And if I can manage to get it written uh, or get it rewritten or, or uh, edited down, I don't know if it's achievable within, <laughs> within the 12 days uh, to actually podcast the story. I was looking at it yesterday as I was telling a friend about it and I realized that it is in the, it's almost 50K, uh, 50 K, uh, 50,000 words. So it, it needs to be, well, it needs to be edited, which technically means removing about three endings, but it also probably means adding a fair amount of words. Cause whenever I edit anything, it gets longer. And then once I've done an edit, I'm trying to imagine uh, doing fifty thousand words in twelve days. Um, gets me a little bit concerned. Uh, I think the three thousand word pace that I've done before um, puts it at about fifteen to twenty minutes per episode, uh, and over twelve days that was thirty-three thousand words. So this would need to be about what five thousand? No, four thousand words. I think forty something other um, 45, something like that. Um, 4,500 words a day. So it would be 25 minute long episodes each day. I guess that's doable, but I'll think more about that. I I'm just rambling off the top of my head. Now I can't make a promise that it's going to be done. I've been very reticent to make any comment on it because I don't want to get hopes up. Uh, and in past, I just, just bailed the whole thing and ended up creating a 12-part audio drama. Solo performed audio drama with five characters, was it? Good God. (sighs) Story, man. It's the thing. All right. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.